0: Good morning, we do welcome you to Grapevine Baptist Church. We are thrilled that you have chosen to be with us this morning. I know there's other places that you could be tuning into, but we're glad you've chosen to be with us. And I hope today is a blessing to you, an encouragement to you. Continue to pray for our country, to pray for our president, to pray for our community. Pray for the local church, our church, that God will continue to watch over, guide, protect, give us wisdom day by day. And we do thank you for your continued support to the church. And as we said before, you can give by mailing in your ties. you can bring it by the office from nine to two or you can give give online if you want to go that route we appreciate that so much and throughout the week you can tune into the church Facebook page and we have devotions that are going out we have kids ministry things going out the youth ministry areas going out so look those up and you see that that's available for you and if you have prayer concerns let me really stress to you Text those to us and we will get those out to the church family. Email those to us. Call those in. We will get those out. We can pray better for you. And we just thank you again for being with us. We're glad the children's family is with us today. We, We appreciate them so much. But let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer as we begin this time of worship. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. I pray, God, your blessing to this place. I pray the unction, the anointing of your spirit to be upon us. And Father, use this time, Father, for your glory, your honor. God, speak to our hearts. Build us up in faith. Encourage us in your word. And Father, you be exalted. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: I invite you to sing along at home. Our hope is in Christ alone. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground firm through the fiercest
2: cloud and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are stilled when strikes cease my comforter alone who took on flesh fullness of god in helpless pain this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross here in the dead Ding,
0: Amen. Thank you for that wonderful song that was exalting to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was inspiring. I got chills all over my body right now, and I'm thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ for that. If you have your Bible, open to the book of Isaiah, and I hope you will while you're engaging us at home. Open your copy of God's Word, and you'll look to the Word of God. You see, in just a few short weeks, the the COVID-19 outbreak has wreaked havoc on our way of life. And our governments have mobilized to stop the spread of this pandemic, but everything that we once knew as normal is now no longer normal. Our routines that we w- went through so often now has shifted and now has changed. Our, our social life is now social distancing, and even our church life, it, is, it has come to make a shift. There's been an adjustment there, but and in the midst of all this, you and myself, we're all forced to ask the question, God, where are you? And I take great joy in telling you, our God is still on his throne. Our God is still ruling and he is still reigning. Our God is still King of kings and Lord of lords. Our God, he's still full of mercy. He's still full of compassion. He's still full of grace. Our God is still speaking and he's calling people, are you listening to God? C.L. Bruner made a statement. He said, there is much I do not know about God, but what I do know has changed my life. And I hope that that concept is true in your life. I hope that you've been changed by the Word of God. I hope that you've been changed by the Spirit of the living God. I hope you've been changed by Jesus Christ. You see, Isaiah one day, when he was in church, when he was there to meet with the Father, he saw one thing that we ought to meet, that we ought to see every time we come together, as the people of God he saw the king it says in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 5 he says I mine eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts he saw something that perhaps nobody in the Old Testament saw as he saw it. look what it says as we begin reading with verse 1 in the year that King Uzziah died I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple above it stood the seraphim. each one had six wings and with twain he covered his face and with twain he covered his feet and with twain he did fly and one cried to another and said holy 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 is the Lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory and the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke and then said I woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the King the Lord of hosts and then flew one of the seraphims unto me having a live coal in his hand which he had taken with tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth, and said, "Lo, this has touched thy lips; thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged." And also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send? And who will go for us?" Then said I, "Here am I; send me." Father, God, I pray that you speak to us through your word today. I pray, God, you let us glimpse, as I say, a glimpse, a fresh glimpse of you, God. I pray America gets a fresh glimpse of Jesus Christ. I pray, God, our church gets a fresh glimpse of the glory of God. I pray, God, that we individually get a fresh glimpse, a fresh touch from you, God. I pray that you give us a fresh vision. You give us fresh hope. You give us a fresh word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You see, once you encounter the King of kings and the Lord of lords, once you get a vision of Jesus Christ of who he really is and all of his glory and all of his splendor, you will never be the same again. And if you tell me you've seen him and you go back to that same old, same old, then you never really saw him. Because when you get caught up in Christ and when you see him as he really is, he changes you. He changes you from the inside out. And he works his grace. He works his Murphy in you. And you became a new creation in Jesus Christ. And in this passage here in Isaiah chapter 6, you see there's certain elements that are involved when you have a true encounter with a living God. And that's our prayer today, that you will have a true encounter with the living God. The first thing is this, there was a powerful confrontation. You see, Isaiah saw the Lord in all of his greatness. He saw the Lord in all of his grandeur. He saw the Lord in all of his glory. He saw the almighty God. And he saw him in a position of sovereignty. He saw him as the sovereign God. He said this took place in the year that King Uzziah died. And you may say, well, why is that word important? Why does that need to be said? Well, if you were King Uzziah it was a pretty important thing to understand that you've just died but Uzziah he was one of the best kings that Judah has ever had he was unlike many of the kings that had gone before him he honored God throughout most of his administration and beyond because he honored God his was a reign of plenty the land literally flowed with milk and honey because he honored God his was a reign of prosperity worldwide trade was at an all time high and because he honored God his was a reign of protection Uzziah he won every war he fought because the good hand of God was upon him but Uzziah died what do you do when your leader dies what do you do when your sovereign dies Isaiah looked at Uzziah being dead and when Isaiah saw this man he was crushed his heart began to fear feel with fear that there was this there was this fret that took place inside him what would happen now to his beloved nation who could replace King Uzziah and that began to weigh heavy upon this man of God And then God reminded Isaiah there, there's only one king that's indispensable. There's only one king that we cannot do without. You see, in verse 1, there's actually two kings. One is a dead king, and the other is a divine king. One is a mortal king, and the other is an immortal king. One is a human king, and the other is a heavenly king. One king has died as all kings will, and the other king lives forever as no king can. But notice what Uzziah, what God was doing when Uzziah died God he he, he, was he pacing back and forth was he wringing his hands was God barking out orders out of fear? Was God, what uh, was was he breaking out in a cold sweat? What Was he calling an emergency meeting of the Trinity because his king had died, Uzziah? No, 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 no. You have to understand what Almighty God was doing, what Isaiah saw. He said God was seated upon his throne. God was sovereign upon his throne. God was calm upon his throne. Why? Because he's still on the throne, and his hand is still on the throttle of this world, and he is still ruling, reigning. God is in. Control. And we read the headlines, and it says pandemic is spreading, and fear begins to grip our hearts. We read the headlines, they promote fear, they promote frustration. But hear me, extra, extra, read all about it. Holy God is still supreme. Jesus Christ is still alive. He's working, he's reigning, he's living, he's still on the throne. Amen, amen. And so when you look at this, you have to understand these little hiccups in life do not disturb God. And see in our mindset this is not a hiccup but for God this is nothing more than just a hiccup in life. You see God does not get upset when things go awry. God does not get upset when things don't go as you and I think they should go. God says there's no maverick molecule going to run around this country, going to run around this world and do things that he is not in charge of. God Almighty is still God. He is still supreme. He is still in control. Have faith in him. He's sovereign. He's seated on the throne and then Isaiah heard this he heard the praise given to a sinless God look at verse 2 and 3 and above it stood the seraphim's each one had six wings and with twain he covered his face with twain he covered his feet and with twain it did fly and one cried to another holy 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 is the Lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory You see the chief attribute of God in these verses right here. And it's not that He is a loving God. Hear me. The chief attribute of God is not His love. The chief attribute of God is not His power. The chief attribute of God is not His presence. The chief attribute of God is not perception. The chief attribute of God is His purity. He is a holy God. He is holy. He is completely other than we are. More than anything else, God is holy. Psalm 99.5 says, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool for he is holy and you will never know God as he really is until you see him as he really is you'll never know him as God until you see him as holy as you see him as pristine as you see him as perfect you see him in his purity I was reading a gentleman this week, and he quoted Sinclair Ferguson, and he said this, thinking that I deserve heaven is a sure sign I have no understanding of the gospel. Do you hear that? If you think you deserve heaven, you probably aren't going to make it, my friends, because it's not about what I deserve. You deserve, I deserve, we deserve hell. And hold me, understand, holy God, he says because of who he is, I make a way for you. And the seraphim, the angelic beings, they cried out, holy, holy, holy. When was the last time you stood and you praised Almighty God for his holiness? And then you see the third thing here. He learned the purpose of a supernatural God it says in verse 3 the last part the whole earth is full of his glory do you want to know where the world is headed I can tell you in four words the glory of God now right now that's not a statement of fact that is a statement of faith because right now this world is not full of his glory it's a statement of faith that one day Almighty God will return one day Almighty God will call us home one day his glory will fill this and let me ask you this question Do you know why you're here? Do you know why you were born? It's not to chase the dream, it's not to build up as much possessions as you can, and he who wins has the most toys. It's not to, to pursue life in, in, in the fullness that, that only this world offers. You have one purpose, and that is the glory of Almighty God. That's why you are here. Are you living for that purpose? Then you look at verse 5, you see the painful conviction that Isaiah knew. He says, woe is me. Now listen, he just caught a glimpse of Almighty God. He just got caught up in the sovereignty of the Father, the praise, the majesty of the Father. And when he saw God, he saw himself in his sinfulness. He saw the people there in their wickedness that's what happens when you get a real glimpse of Jesus Christ you start seeing yourself for what you really are and it's not that I'm better than everybody else and it's not that I'm doing so well and it's not that God is blessed to have me on this earth. no you see yourself as a sinner that's where we see ourselves Isaiah up until this time he was a prophet of God and he was doing a good job of pointing out and condemning the sin of people you go back to chapter 5 he says woe unto them in verse 8 in chapter, verse 11, he says, woe unto them. In verse 18, he says, woe unto them. Seven times, Isaiah, he condemns the people for their sin. But all of a sudden, when you get to chapter 6, he gets caught up in the glory of God. He sees God for who he is, and he says, woe is me. I'm a man that's undone. Isaiah saw God in his holiness, and he saw himself in his hellishness. Isaiah saw God in his purity and he saw himself in his impurity and you'll never see yourself for what you really are until you see God for who and what he is. Now there's actually three people sitting in your seat today. There's the person that you hope you are, there's the person that other people think you are and there's the person that God knows you are Isaiah was the leading prophet of his day he was a powerful man in his own right and he was looked upon as the epitome of holiness and righteousness but one look at God made him see himself in his guilt and his sin how do you see yourself today? Do you compare yourself to others and say, oh, I'm so much better than them? Or do you see yourself in light of Jesus Christ and his perfectness and his sinlessness? And when Isaiah did this, he had this prayerful confession that came about. He says, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. Listen, true conviction always leads to true confession and when a person refuses the convicting power of the Word of God when a person refuses the convicting power of the Holy Spirit of God that person he or she they will excuse their behavior they will excuse their sin they will justify their action and their inaction they will call it by other names they will blame other people they will say I made a mistake I messed up I, I, I had a bad choice but hear me true conviction It always reads the true confession. I have sinned and I am a sinner and I have come short. See, conviction's a gift. It makes us feel miserable, but hear me, guys, that's the work of the Holy Spirit, to convict of sin. And Jesus came for the purpose to seek and save sinners. And you have to understand you're lost before you can be saved. And in the Bible Belt, there's a whole lot of cultural Christianity where people are Christian culturally, but... Not based on what the Word of God says. But look what happens. You see, verse 7? It says, You see how cleansing comes. See, a seraphim, an, an angelic being, the word means a, a flame bearer. Verse 6, it says, And one of the seraphims flew and unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from off the altar. Here is a a, a creature in its own right created by Almighty God that is perfect in himself. He knows no sin, this seraphim, but he cannot touch the altar of God. He has to take tongs and remove this living, flaming coal. And he he takes it after he removes it and he brings it from the altar of God and he places it upon Isaiah's lips. Now, Now, guys, this is what disturbs me. Isaiah was a preacher Isaiah made his living proclaiming the word of God speaking the truth of God and that was the very area where God says this is where you need cleansing how about you? See, oftentimes, our mouths, we say things that, that we should not say. Oftentimes, with our mouths, we fail to witness, we fail to follow through sharing the Word of God with those we need to share with. And we need a fresh touch of the fire of God to come and cleanse our lives, to cleanse our mouth, to cleanse our We need God's fire to work, to move, to purify us. But we've got to be willing to say, Lord, woe is me. I'm a man, I'm a woman undone see cleansing came only after the conviction and then it came because of the confession and then you look at verse 8 and you see there was a personal calling it says I heard the voice of the Lord saying when was the last time you heard God speak to you Christian When was the last time you could say, God spoke inside my soul and and he brought a word to me. He he brought a fresh word to me. He, he, He gave me understanding. See, that happens when you respond to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. That happens when you have honest confession of your sin. and That happens when you get yourself in a position to hear God. He spoke. and See, God doesn't demand us to be perfect vessels, but he does expect us to be clean vessels. And so God placed another call upon Isaiah, who was already a prophet. He, he, said, he said, said, I want you to understand something. I, I've got a task for you. Don't get the idea that only preachers and missionaries are, are called by God. Because God says, I've got, I've got a responsibility for you to do as well. And, and look what Isaiah said there. He said, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then Isaiah said, Here I am. Send me. He stepped up. Are you stepping up? Or are you saying that's a good idea for the preacher to do? That's a good idea for the singers to do. That's a good idea for the missionaries to do. That's somebody down at the church staff, down at the office. They need to do that. No, 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 no. God speaks to you personally because you are to respond to what he is saying, and there's a commitment that has to be made in your life. You see, in Isaiah, he made a threefold commitment. The same commitment that you and I, we both need to make. He was committed to desire the will of God. You see, see, God said, whom shall I send? And Isaiah said, me! He didn't even know where he was sending him. He didn't even know what he was calling him to do. He signed a blank contract he said I'll obey you before I know the assignment he was available most of us we want the details before we sign most of us want to know the ins and the outs before we commit you see hear me without availability you're a liability because God says who can I send and you ought to be holding your hand up just like I should be saying "Lord, here I am use me his commitment was the desire for the will of God his commitment was to deliver the word of God He said, go and tell. Guys, that's what we all are to be doing. We're to be going and sowing the Word of God. And you may not do it behind a pulpit such as this, but you will sow forth the Word of God day in, day out by people that you interact with at your workplace, at your school place, as you have Scripture on your mind, as they look and wonder, why are you so calm in the midst of this catastrophe? Why are you so calm in this storm? And you can give them a word of hope because of Jesus Christ. And you can ask them the hard questions. Do you know if you were to die today, you would go to heaven? Because you can. And you can have the privilege with the Word of God to show them what it's involved in becoming a Christian. Isaiah, he, he said, Lord, I'm committed to deliver your Word. See, see, that's what worship is supposed to do for us. Worship is supposed to so stir in us this longing, this desire, that we go out with the Word of God on our minds and the Word of God on our lips. It's, it's, it's not about entertainment. It's about saying, Lord, use me. And he was committed to doing the work of God. Look what it says in verse 9. God said, go and tell this people. They hear ye indeed, but understand not. See ye indeed, but perceive not. And verse 10, make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes. Here's what God's saying. He said, you go, but people aren't going to listen. So what do you do when people don't listen? listen, your calling, my calling your responsibility, my responsibility it's not about the harvest it's not about being successful it's about sowing the seed of the word of God doing what God has called you to do and that is he's called you to be faithful whether they listen or respond or not we are to be faithful in sowing the word of God so let me encourage you when news comes and it scares you don't quit when people misunderstand you and and you don't 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 fit in don't quit when others fail you and come short of what you think don't quit when you you face dark moments and trying days don't quit when you get discouraged don't quit when you get hurt and let down don't quit when the doctor's diagnosis is not what you want don't quit when you get that way lift your eyes to heaven just like Isaiah did and get a glimpse of Almighty God get a glimpse of the Father still on his throne still sovereign get a glimpse of Jesus, he is there praying for you, interceding on your behalf and my behalf. Get a glimpse of the Holy Spirit who is groaning through our own prayers, words we cannot even utter, because it may not be today and it may not be tomorrow, but one day, soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. One day, holy God is going to say to the son, it's time and the trumpet's going to blast and the archangel's going to shout and we together are going to be caught up with him in the air. Don't quit. God's on the throne. Father, we thank you. Lord, you're on the throne. You're sovereign. Lord, you're working in the midst of all this. And help us, God, to be men and women of faith. Help us, God, to understand woe is me. And God, cleanse us, use us, empower us. Father, for your kingdom and your honor, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thankful for God's grace. Amen. Amen. Thank you, children's family, for being here to share with us this day. It's such a blessing. I've sensed God's presence in this place, and I'm so grateful. There's only six of us in here today, and we're just thanking the Lord for showing up because if if he doesn't show up, it really means nothing. So we hope you've been blessed. We hope you're encouraged. just, Just praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. God, continue to give us wisdom day by day. God, we pray safety to our our families. We pray, God, protection, God, give us wisdom of how to act. God, make provision of needs. But, Lord, we love you. And, God, we ask that you just, Lord, work, bring us back next week for Easter Sunday, God, and you be magnified in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.